Hey, it's Peter Sagal. If you're a normal Wait Wait listener, you shout out the answers to all the questions and then you get frustrated that no one knows how brilliant you are. Here's the solution. The Wait Wait Quiz, available now on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to open the Wait Wait Quiz. Finally, your genius shall be recognized. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Sorry, Mitch McConnell, nobody blocks this bill. (laughs) Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. We have a great show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to Conan O'Brien, the late-night host who has been towering over the competition since the mid-'90s. Uh, but first, something happened last week that hasn't happened in almost five years, and that is Bill Curtis missed a show. Mm. We don't know where he was. Bill, where did you go, and why are you back so soon? Bad news, Peter. I was already kicked off The Bachelor. We don't have a rose for you. We have something better to the voice of anyone you might like on your voicemail, so give us a call. The number is one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Hi! You're on Wait Wait, don't tell me. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Who's this? This is Sam from uh, Yuma, Arizona. Yuma, how are things in Yuma? Well, they're not quite as cold where you guys are. Uh, that's absolutely mm. true. Um, what do you do in Yuma? I am a range scheduler for the Marine Corps Air Station down here. What is a range? What did you say your job was? Range scheduler. We uh, manage the training areas that the Marines and other agencies use uh, to conduct their training for real-world situations. Right, and that's an important job because if you, if you mess up the schedule, the guys will go out and start fighting each other. Or, or flying into each other, yes. That would both be bad. Both be bad. I'm glad you're on the job then. Well, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel this week, Sam. First up, it's a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning and host of the brand new podcast, Mobituaries, which you can find anywhere you get your podcast. It's Mo Rocca. Hey, Mo. Hi, Sam. Next, it's a comedian and host of the trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Helen Hall. Hi. Hi, Sam. Hi, Helen. Finally, it's a comedian who will be at the Kabu Festival in Grand Cayman on February 16th, if you happen to be there. It's Alonzo Bowden. Hello, Sam. Hello, Alonzo. Sam, you're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis, back with us, is going to read you three quotations from the week's news. Your job, as I'm sure you know, is to correctly identify or explain just two of them. Do that, you will win our prize, the voice of anyone you might choose for your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right, your first quote is from a letter sent by the president this week. Obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative. That was a letter from President Trump telling someone he was canceling her trip overseas. Sorry, whose trip? Nancy Pelosi. Yes, Speaker Pelosi, very good. Just when we thought things couldn't get any nastier in Washington, the beef between the president and the Speaker of the House went from a constitutional confrontation to Real Housewives of Pennsylvania Avenue. (laughs) First, Speaker Pelosi let the president know that with the government shut down, maybe he shouldn't deliver the State of the Union address as scheduled. It was a political equivalent of, thanks for asking me out, but I'll be washing my hair every night until the sun explodes. (laughs) 
Is it a little romantic though? It's like, I don't know, it's a little bit like Tracy and Hepburn. <laughs> the way the two of them are going at each other. It's nothing like Tracy. It really is. <laughs> it's literally nothing like Tracy and Hepburn. No, I mean, it's, I know, it's, I it. it's the those Washington version. Had, those people had charm and charisma no, really. and likability. <laughs> As I said, it's the opposite of Tracy and Hepburn. <laughs> well, it, it would be fun, except it's real. <laughs> this is the president and the speaker of the house yeah. having a little spat that's affecting, you know what I mean? It's right. like it's a real thing. Like I, I fly all the time and there are certain TSA employees that have this kind of like angry old school grandmother vibe. Yeah. We need to send her to the White House. That's probably true. Just to smack somebody. I say, do. Right, yeah, that's she, enough. I'm getting paid. She's Nobody, not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. So she she'll, she'll be getting paid, Ellen. <laughs> When she leaves, she'll be getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Trust me on that. We, ha we have to mention, only because we thought this is going to be the craziest thing that happened this week, the dinner that President Trump threw for the Clemson Tigers oh football team. You may remember this. It was a year ago on Monday. Um, <laughs> as you know, or as President Trump told us, because the government shutdown closed the White House mess, he, out of the goodness of his own heart, decided to pay for dinner himself. So he made this amazing wonderful fast food feast and the Washington Post in careful analysis decided it cost him about $3,000. That's half his net worth. <laughs> Although he did say- It's okay, Peter, his dad paid for it. It's true, probably. Listen, I don't want to disparage fast food because I, I think a McDonald's French fry, a hot, fresh McDonald's French fry is a revelation. But like mm. a four-hour-old McDonald's French fry, I tried to offer that once to a foster dog, and he was like, just take me back to the pound, lady. <laughs> you know, it's entirely possible, by the way, that this whole thing was a scam. He just ordered it for himself, and he got caught, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's for the football team. <laughs> Your, your next quote is from the floor of the House of Parliament in oh, the United no. Kingdom this week. Order, order, order! That was just a little of the chaos that Amazing. reigned in London as British politicians voted against the plan to do what? Oh, uh, that would be exit uh, Brexit. Yes, Brexit, yes! Brexit is happening, but it's not happening, and it's gonna happen, and it's gonna be terrible. All right, it's incredibly complicated. Uh, imagine it this way. You have a mommy and a daddy who love each other very much, but they decide they'd like to live apart, and then daddy sets himself on fire. <laughs> Britain is like blowing up. They're destroying their own economy. They can't figure out how to do it. They can't figure out how not to do it. They're in crisis. They all hate each other. It's a disaster. But on the other hand, it's kind of sweet that the U.S. and the United Kingdom are going through horrible times together. We've been allies for, for 200 years, and now we're all falling apart. It's like, you know, when women hang out a lot and their cycles coordinate. You know, it's like that. It really is, though, like you said, Peter, who would have guessed that the United States and Britain would get into a who's worst contest? Yeah. You know, like, oh, you think your leader's bad? Oh, yeah, well, watch ours. Well, we don't even want ours. Well, we never wanted ours. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, this is, it is incredible what's going on. I wonder if they've talked to each other and been like, well, Trump would be like, you know, I'm winning. They hate me more. They, they hate me tremendously. Yes. They, it's the most hate anyone's ever had in history. So, you know, can I say, I actually, I've got it now. I think that Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi are like Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd in Moonlighting. <laughs> Let, let it go, Mo. Like in, in, in what, what way? 
Let it go, Mo. Okay, they're like Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor, and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? I'll give you maybe Boris and Natasha. That's it. Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. All right. We got one more quote for you. Here it is. I'd like to tidy up the entire planet. That's a quote from the host of a new Netflix show that is everybody throwing everything out. Who is it? Oh my gosh, I know the name of the, I've, I've seen commercials for it, but I cannot remember that, that uh, the name. Oh, okay, so think last name, it's not a co-op. Okay, yeah. and her first, okay, like, so last name Antoinette, first name? Marie. Okay, yes. yeah, okay, and last name, it's, um. If right. you buy an apartment, it's. You're not buying what, a house. Right, you're not buying oh, a house. Rent, rent. Uh, Mary Rent. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's, sure. it's Marie Kondo, you right. bet. Kondo, you knew it was. <laughs> The author of the book, uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, Marie Kondo, if you haven't seen her, she's this tiny, constantly smiling Japanese woman who says you should get rid of any possession that doesn't spark joy. And what does that mean? She likens this feeling to what happens when you hold a puppy. So listen, puppies of America. Yeah, listen. Stay on top of the game, because one more accident, we're lovingly placing you in a dumpster. L- listen, listen. Th- th- this woman is a cult leader. She okay? is. She, it, she, the whole Sparks Joy thing that goes for your family members, for your spouses, it's really? true. Right. How many spouses are being dropped off <laughs> right. at the Salvation Army just like, mm, I'm not getting the puppy feel? Really? Yeah. <laughs> She has this weird sort of theory of emotional relationships to your possessions. For example, this is true. When you decide to throw something out because it no longer sparks joy, you have to thank it for its service to you. You say, for example, thank you, dress, for making me feel pretty at the prom, and thank you for letting me know how fat I am today. Peter, I hate to say this, but this is why black people laugh at white people. You, you sit, you watch a TV show, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to throw away everything I have. Trust me, black people are like, throw it over here. Throw it over here. That, that Mercedes is not sparking joy. You know what I mean? Like, you guys need to stop. You know? Bill, how did Sam do in our quiz? He worked so hard on number three, but he was already a winner with two out of three. Sam, oh, good right. going. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you, Sam. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Helen Costco has announced that they've sold out nationwide of their new product that was all the rage this week, a 27-pound bucket of what? A 27-pound, can I have a hint? Well, uh, Kraft was very, very jealous of what they were able to do. A bucket of cheese? A bucket of what and cheese? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, 27 pounds of macaroni and cheese in a single industrial-sized bucket. If you like your food like you like your wall spackle... That's what it is. And head to Costco, it's an $89, 27-pound bucket of macaroni and cheese with a shelf life of 20 years. What? But if you are the kind of person who wants this, no way are you living that long. Wait, it's, so it's not cooked mac and cheese. It's dry, it, the, appara- the appa- macaroni is dry. No, apparently it's shelf-stable macaroni and cheese that you can just scoop out, uh, you mix up the noodles so with the sauce and you eat it up. Yeah. I, I As- hate the fact that I knew that. Did you really? <laughs> 
but but you got to think that the the guys who had the fast food at the White House are like, well, it could have been worse. <laughs> Coming up, our panelists do their part for Mother Earth, but two of them are lying about it. It's our Bluff the Listener game called one 888 wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI. REI believes that a life outdoors is a life well-lived, and they have for 80 years. So check out their podcast, Wild Ideas Worth Living, for inspiring stories of people and taking the road less traveled. Hear from explorers, athletes, authors, and experts in the field. Follow how they're taking wild ideas and making them a reality every day. Find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We take most things for granted, like our morning coffee. But there are a lot of people behind that cup of coffee. And A.J. Jacobs set out to thank all of them. It doesn't just take a village to make a cup of coffee. It takes the world. Ideas around appreciation on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Alonzo Bowden, Mo Rocca, and Helen Hong. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game called one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Rebecca. I'm calling from Del Mar, a suburb outside of Albany, New York. Oh, the capital region, as they say up there. What do you do there? I work for the state. I work in the Department of Environmental Conservation. Environmental Conservation. Are things changing in New York State? I understand there's sort of a political transformation going on. Is that the case? Not as far as I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rebecca, it's great to have you with us. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Rebecca's topic? Give a hoot, don't pollute, or I'll cut you. <laughs> According to the latest data, the Earth will be uninhabitable in about 25 years. But that hasn't stopped people from trying to make things better. This week, we read about a surprising effort to heal the planet. Pick the real one, you'll win our prize, the wait, wait voice of your choice on your voicemail. Ready to play? Yeah. First, let's hear from Alonzo Bowden. We've all heard stories of soccer hooligans drinking, fighting and rioting before the game, at the game, after the game, on their way to the game, on their way home from the game. The game is just a brief intermission from their rioting. (laughs) Well now, to prove they're not bad people, just overly passionate, hooligans have come together to clean the streets around their arenas. The day after a match and the accompanying riot, soccer fans are coming down to pick up litter, beer cans, broken bottles, you name it. According to Eurosport magazine, they've even become competitive at it. Arthur Simeon, a huge Barcelona and Messi fan, says, Yes, sometimes we get out of control, but if we play Saturday, we're out here cleaning Sunday. We weigh our recyclables and compare amounts to other clubs around Europe to see who cleans up best. I just want to know we've outcleaned Portugal and Ronaldo. <laughs> Danny O'Brien, a Watford fan, says, Yeah, it's a giggle to get out here and see what we've done the day after a win. 
The cleanups got people who don't even know football hoping we win. Makes the neighborhood nicer. Who knows, maybe it'll catch on, even in the States. We've seen how you Yanks are after a championship. I guess it doesn't even take a championship. The Raiders may not play proper football, but those fans are proper hooligans. <laughs> football hooligans in Europe doing their part to clean up both before and after their riots. Your next story of someone working to be environmentally conscious comes from Helen Hong. Drug dealers have a lot to worry about. Getting raided by the cops, of course. Getting murdered by ruthless drug cartels, sure, sure. But also, climate change is real, you guys. <laughs> Saving the environment has become such a concern for cocaine dealers in Birmingham, England, that they've stopped selling the white powder in Ziploc baggies and have started using reusable pods. <laughs> The practice, though woke, is confusing their customers who, frankly, just want to get high. I was given a gram of cocaine in this plastic pod thing, and my dealer said they were not serving up in plastic Ziploc bags or wraps anymore. One confused coke fiend told Metro.UK. He said I could bring it back if I wanted to, and he would refill it, and that it would be better for the environment. Biodegradable paper straws for snorting are sold separately. Cocaine dealers in Great Britain getting with the environment by using reusable containers for their coke. Your last story of a surprising attempt to make the world a better place comes from Mo Rocca. Marilyn Hill is a flight attendant. Uh, she lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she works for Sun Country Airlines. Uh, and on Sun Country Airlines, they serve bananas a lot. And Marilyn really hates touching banana peels. And so she wears gloves um, so that she doesn't have to touch them. But Sun Country has a, a small budget for gloves. And so sometimes she's ended up having to handle the slimy banana peels and she gets upset because they're also a huge environmental hazard, just banana peels everywhere. And so she was so frustrated, she started making a Bloody Mary on the plane and she cut her hand. Uh, she was very upset about it. And then she, she just impulsively took one of the banana peels and wrapped it around her hand. And magically, it like healed the wound in her hand. And what's more, she was uh, the flight attendant on the flight, the regular flight from Cincinnati to Macau. And when she got to Macau, she usually has a jet lag, but she found that the potassium from the banana peel filtered into her system and she no longer had jet lag. So she discovered these amazing medical properties of banana peels. Um, and so she sold it to Merck. This, this, and Merck paid her huge amounts of money. And with that money, she has now upped the budget for Sun Country's gloves, so no flight attendant ever needs to touch a banana peel again. <laughs> okay, I think I've grasped this. These are your choices. From Alonzo Bowden, soccer hooligans doing their part to clean up the grounds where they have rioted or might riot. From Helen Hong, cocaine dealers in Great Britain deciding to use reusable pods instead of environmentally wasteful plastic baggies. And from Moraka, <laughs> a tale, a tale as old as time, um. in which a flight attendant discovers that banana peels can be used for their health benefits thereby preventing them from being disposed as waste. Exactly. Oh. Thank you. 
Well, so. none of these are... <laughs> None of these are super compelling. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Alonzo and the soccer hooligans. You're going to go with Alonzo and the soccer hooligans. But these hooligans are running around and cleaning up the places where they riot because that's how they are. Well, we spoke to somebody who knew something about the real story. One of the users in Birmingham went to a dealer, and it was actually the dealer who said that it would be better for the environment if he could return this and refill it. I'm sure you thought that was still Helen talking because of the <laughs> amazingly accurate accent she did. But in fact, it was Helen's story that was true. That was James Roger, head of Trends at Birmingham Live, talking to us about the environmentally woke cocaine dealers of that town. So I'm sorry you were fooled by Alonzo. It's a very, very nice story, but uh, you have earned a point at least for him. So thank, thank you so you. much for playing. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. And now the game where we ask people who've done a lot and been everywhere about something they avoided the whole time. It's called Not My Job. Back in 1993, David Letterman left his job hosting Late Night on NBC, and to replace him, the network picked a completely unknown comedy writer who had almost never appeared on camera before. And now Conan O'Brien, host of Conan on TBS, has the longest tenure of anyone in Late Night. He joins us now. Conan O'Brien, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Please, you're embarrassing me, everyone, please. That's too much applause, thank I, you. I have heard uh, varying versions of your origin story as a late night host, one of them being that you were just, somebody in the Simpsons writer's room said, Conan, he's funny and charming, let's give him a show. Other versions that you auditioned for, what's the truth? The truth is uh, that I had, it was really my association with Sarnet Live. I was a young writer at Sarnet Live, and I was the writer that was kind of known to sort of perform my sketches for the other writers, and I'd perform them uh, for people, and I'd get them laughing. I think Lauren Michaels noticed that. I left Sound Out Live. I went on to The Simpsons, and I worked there for about a year and a half, two years, when Lauren Michaels was charged with, who's the new guy who's going to replace Letterman? And uh, he said, you know, there's this guy, Conan. He's got something. And... Um, they looked into it, and it turns out I really didn't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I fooled them, and here we are all these years later. It must have been crazy those first years, because you, you, know, you weren't a stand-up, you didn't have a following as a performer, and you were thrown, you're going to be in national television. Were you scared? Were you nervous? Were you excited? I was deluded, and I, I, <laughs> I want to advise your audience that there's nothing like delusion. There's nothing like, mm. if you think you can't do something, convince yourself that you can, and then have a few drinks and go do it. Right. And uh, that's, uh, I really believed I could do it, and I was also terrified at the same time, but I think I had a, a deep-seated belief that America needed to see me on their television set. <laughs> um, a belief not really shared by anyone else, uh, but I stuck to it. Hey, Conan, it's Mo. Hi. Mo, so, how dare you speak to me directly? I know. <laughs> I, 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 for, I Mo, forgot. Here's how I, we're going to work, Mo. Mo, here's how we're going to work it. Your question has to go through Bill Curtis, and then Bill Curtis has to ask it. Okay. 
Bill, would you ask Conan? <laughs> I've heard that a, a lot of late night show hosts, when they get home, a lot of times they can't even remember who was a guest earlier that day at the taping because they're, they're doing so many shows. Could you ask him about that? Conan, can you remember the guests on the show that night? Bill, that's a really stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, uh, you know it's funny. Uh, uh, to Mo's point, no, you do the show and it becomes you're so in the moment when you're doing it. And I like in the whole experience, and I'm actually not even kidding about this. I think everyone's probably in your audience is familiar with the famous toy, the Etch a Sketch. Yes. Where you turn the knobs, you create uh, a picture, you create something, and then you just shake it and it's gone, and you start again. Every day I come in and I learn everything I can that I need to know for that show, and I learn it to the best that I can, and I can tell you everything about the guests, and I can tell you everything about the comedy. The minute it's over, I shake the Etch-A-Sketch, and all of it's gone, and I go home, and I don't know what we did. I've done 4,000 hours of broadcasting. I'm told nine of it quite good. Yeah. <laughs> You have. I, I, I want to get on to what you're doing uh, now, which is really interesting in a variety of things. But I it's first called pornography. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you're tall enough, of course, so your head would never enter the frame, which would be good for your anonymity. Um, I just you're assuming I don't lean down at the critical moment. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I, Conan and I have met on one occasion. It was uh, right before the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And uh, I have my picture taken with you, Conan, which I'm grateful for. And you did something. You crouched instantly without being asked. You just sort of crouched so that you and our heads would be in the same frame. Yeah. And it occurred to me that you must have to do that 100 times a day. I, uh, for those who are uninitiated, I am a lot taller than people think I am. And whenever I go anywhere in the country or the world, all people say to me is, good God, you're so much bigger than you are on television. And I always say, you need a bigger television. <laughs> um, and uh, my daughter now has said, you need a different line. Uh, <laughs> well, Conan O'Brien, we are delighted to talk to you, but we have asked you here to play a game we're calling... Team Coco, meet Hot Coco. Your supporters, fans, are known as Team Coco. But what do you know about actual Coco, the tasty hot chocolate beverage? I know everything oh, about Coco. Really? Yes, I do. That's a bold statement, sir. There's not a thing you can ask me about hot cocoa <laughs> that I do not know. Well, I am interested in what's going to happen now because we have, in fact, prepared three questions for you about hot cocoa. If you answer two of them correctly, you will win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice on their voicemail. Are you ready to do this? I was born ready. Who is Conan O'Brien playing for? Chase McGee of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. First question. You think it's just what kids drink instead of coffee, but hot cocoa can change your life, as it did for whom? A, Bernie Madoff, who after he was convicted and imprisoned for fraud, quote, cornered the prison market on Swiss Miss hot chocolate. <laughs> B, Jeff Bezos, whose first internet business was delivering steaming cups of hot chocolate to people suffering through the Seattle winter. Or C, Eric McMillan, who was inspired to invent the kid's ball pit by looking at mini marshmallows floating in his hot chocolate. The answer is Eric McMillan. You're very confident. <laughs> Peter, I'm gonna say this one more time. <laughs> it was actually A, it was Bernie Madoff. He I'd, like to, I'd like to uh, contest. Uh, <laughs> 
No, uh, Jeff, apparently, you know, a born trader is a born trader, and he's apparently made, made very well for himself in prison with the Swiss Miss hot chocolate. What? Yeah. You know why I got that one wrong? Why? Because I believe in our penal reform system, and I don't believe... <laughs> I'm shocked that they would let Bernie Madoff do that. So in a way, I'm counting that answer is correct. All right. <laughs> I like your confidence. People, real, this is your second question. People really love cocoa a lot, so much so that at one time, people were doing what? A, mixing protein powder into cocoa, so it would be the only thing they'd ever have to eat. B, snorting lines of cocoa powder like Coke, or C, trying to have it transfused into their body instead of blood? Mm. The answer is B, snorting cocaine, uh, well, cocoa as cocaine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Freudian slip there. Old habits yeah. die hard. <laughs> the answer is B, snorting cocoa. You're right, cocoa. <laughs> <Or Conan. laughs> snorting chocolate was championed by a Belgian chocolatier who invented a little device that would shoot cocoa powder into your nose. Oh, yeah. I know that engineer, and I've worked with him. <laughs> have, you, have you tried the snorting coke? Uh, yes, I have. It's fantastic. There's an incredible high. <laughs> it lasts for about 20 minutes, and then uh, you, uh, you have to cough out the marshmallows. But that, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience. I bet. And when you wake up, you're wearing German shorts. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, last question. You can get this right. For true chocolate lovers, there's a pill created by a French scientist which for $13 a bottle will do what? A, make anything you eat, including meat, taste like chocolate. B, make your farts smell like chocolate. Or C, it gives you chocolate dandruff. Instead of dry skin, you shed chocolate flakes. The answer is A. Your answer is A, that it makes anything you eat, Taste including meat, exactly, exactly like, like chocolate. chocolate. So you'd be sitting there eating, say, prime rib. Yes, and it Kimchi. would say, yes, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. It's B. No! Yes! I'm sorry. But yes, the idea is it's a little pill and you take it, and if you take it, your farts smell like chocolate. No way. There's also a strawberry option. You know what, I'm gonna tell you something. I didn't go for that because it's scatological. I don't work blue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't realize this was that kind of show. <laughs> But uh, I guess it's all about farts now. Yeah. With you, and I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> Bill, how did Conan O'Brien do on our show? We throw the score out because he's the only guest we've had when anything he says is right. Conan, you're the king. You know what have? Conan O'Brien is the host of so many shows, including the new podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. You can also see him on Conan Without Borders on Netflix and on Conan on TBS. Conan O'Brien, what a pleasure to finally have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon, I hope. In just a minute, Bill gets some alone time with his Doritos in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? 
This week on Ask Me Another, we've got TV's favorite muscle man, Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he chats about his multiple talents and how he stays humble in Hollywood. It's dropping in your feeds Friday, January 18th on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Helen Hong, Mo Rocca, and Alonzo Bowden. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill, it'll be a shock, but Bill will be exposed as the leader of an organized rhyme ring. It's our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Mo, a new study has found that men are more attracted to women who have big, bushy what? Oh, Oh, I bet it's eyebrows. It is, Mo. What? Yeah, I get that. I'm I'm attracted to women with big, bushy eyebrows. (laughs) The study asked a thousand people to rate a series of photos on their attractiveness and found that women with thicker eyebrows scored higher than women with thinner eyebrows. Only to a point. They can only be so thick. If birds start nesting in them, too thick, too oh thick. God. Is this what I've been doing wrong? Apparently. Oh my God, Frida so, Kahlo, boing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what about? I need to get what, eyebrow implants. Apparently. What about all these women who shave them off and draw them back on? Have yeah. they been doing it wrong? They should draw them apparently. on really thick, like yeah. Groucho Marx. Exactly. <laughs> It's no surprise that men would find thicker eyebrows attractive. How many times have we seen women have a, at a party say, hey, my eyes are down here. <laughs> nice bushes. That's what you'd probably say. So, you know, if you see two eyebrows that are bushy, that's probably what you say. Nice, nice bushes. bushes. Then you get punched in the face. It, not, no. I said bushes. <laughs> Mo, no one should give up hope. This week it was announced that a mate had finally been found for a very lonely what? After a 10-year search. A lonely, um, a maid had been found. A mate. A mate. mate. I thought you said a maid. A, a mate. mate had been found for, um, uh, uh, my apartment's so dirty right now. Sorry, okay. The, um, the, um, uh, um, a mate had been found for a lonely leper. No. Probably. <laughs> I'm not saying, I don't know, maybe. No, okay, anyway, what, um, yep. Yep. Clue? Yep. Can you give me a clue? Can you give me a clue? It was sitting all, it was wanted someone to share its lily pad. A lonely toad. Technically frog. a frog, but I'll right. give it okay. to you, right. yes. Okay. Uh, specifically quote what's known in scientific circles as the world's loneliest frog. <gasps> now, you may be asking, how did they know this frog was lonely? It's simple. They read his journal. It was full of poetry. <laughs> Romeo is the name of an endangered Sahuenca's frog, Aww. and he's been alone in captivity for the last decade while scientists have been looking for a mate. You thought you had it bad. <laughs> this guy is a team of people trying to find him a match, and it took them 10 years. So, but, okay, they're hoping that they'll... Yeah, well, they're, they're an the, endangered species, and they're right. hoping that they will breed. And Did right. they start a Netflix Tackles. account for them so they can Netflix and chill on the first That'd day? That'd be cool. <laughs> Did anyone kiss the frog just to make sure that? Yeah. Right? Because that That's would what be a bummer. You'd, you'd, you'd probably want to do that first. Yeah. This is like a Hallmark movie coming up. It really is. It'd be sad if like they got together and they turned on Netflix and they watched Marie Kondo and the male's like, I'm sorry, you got to go. Yeah. 
Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. wait wait That's one 924 8924 or click the Contact Us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. And for all of you out there, too nervous to call in and play, I know, we're intimidating, now you don't have to. You can play the new Wait Wait quiz available on your smart speaker. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to open the Wait Wait quiz. That's open the Wait Wait quiz. And Bill and I will be right there inside your little device to ask you some questions and to hear your answers. It's just like the radio show, only now when you shout things at us, we will hear you. <laughs> Give it a try. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi there, this is Zach Sherl calling from Cedar City, Utah. Cedar City, now where is Cedar City? Are you near some of the great national parks there, like uh, Zion? We are, yeah, we're near, uh, kind of in between Zion and Bryce Canyon. Oh right, that's beautiful there, what do you do there? Uh, I'm actually a park ranger for the National Park <gasps> Service. Oh wow, so you know all yeah. about it. <laughs> are, you not, are you not getting paid right now? Seriously. Uh, that is correct. Uh, yes, sorry. Well, I have furloughed, I believe, is that's the why official. You have the, You're furloughed. That's so, why you have the time to call in. So what are you doing with your what are you doing with all your free time? Uh, well this is I would say the highlight of it so far. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Zach, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is gonna Thanks. read you three news related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you will be a winner. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Here is your first limerick. Salt and vinegar crumbs on my lips make me feel an effect in my hips. I am put in the mood by my salty snack food. I'm turned on from this big bag of... Chips. Chips, yes, potato chips are finally sexy. <laughs> snack food maker Tyrell's has created aphrodisiac flavored chips, or crisps as they call them over there. It's a sensual mood setting combination of honey, chili, salt, and crumbs on your sweater. It's food that makes you feel more sexy while driving away anyone you might actually want to have sex with. <laughs> Apparently, honey and chili are a powerful aphrodisiac combo, but it's going to really suck when you accidentally get a bag of sex chips from the office vending machine. <laughs> oh, spreadsheet, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I, I'd never thought of honey and chili going together. Isn't that pretty far apart on the flavor scale? I guess that's why Sweet it's... Sweet honey, hot chili. That actually sounds like the start of a good stripper bit. Exactly. See, right there. <laughs> All right. I stand corrected. Right. Here is your next limerick. With armpits, I've never been vain, bro. But I've found this great Roy G. Biv stain, though. I explore all the hues, just like unicorns do. And my armpits look just like a... Rainbow. Yes, a rainbow. rainbow. It's the you. fashion trend. You didn't know about, so you didn't know that you, were th you could hate it. It's called unicorn armpit hair. People are dyeing their armpit hair all the colors of the rainbow. And this time, the treasure at the end of it is a funky smell. Wow. Are, are we as a society just getting so lonely that people are like, hey, I'll try this. Absolutely. I'll try that. I'll Anything. Some rainbow hair with some chili honey chips. Yep. <laughs> we're just looking for meaning wherever we can. <laughs> all right. Here is your last limerick. We think grassy grain liquor will seem blah. Grab a large rock of ice and a clean straw. Sip a gluten-free malt from Peruvian vaults. We're making our whiskey from... Straw? 
No, it's a tough one. You may not even know this. Sorry. I'll give it to you. You've already won. It's quinoa. Uh, quinoa. 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 Yes. Finally, quinoa. a beverage that combines the pretension of someone who drinks single malt whiskey with the smug satisfaction of someone who eats quinoa. <laughs> the only way it could be worse if the whiskey were also somehow a vinyl record. <laughs> Distiller Derek Bell started experimenting with quinoa-based whiskey a few years ago due to its, quote, distinct flavor and perceived health benefits. Oh, right. No, honey, you're, you're getting it wrong. I'm not a drunk, I'm a health nut. <laughs> Bill, how did Zach do in our quiz? Zach got two out of three. Congratulations. Thank you, Zach. And I hope Thank you get you. back to work soon. Good luck to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Strava, voted the number one running app five years in a row by the Running Awards. Strava is a tracking app, a training log, and a global community of active people just like you, running around in circles mostly to keep themselves from shouting at their children. Strava is free and works with almost every phone and GPS watch. Go to strava.com wait, download the app, and get going. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is complete wireless protection for your home that can be self-installed in under an hour. There are no long-term contracts and no hidden fees. CNET, the wire cutter and PC Mag have all named Simply Safe an editor's choice for home security, and Simply Safe protects over 2 million people every day. Learn more about Simply Safe and how to protect your home and family with their home security systems at simplysafe.com/slash Wait. Now it's time to our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Mo has three, and Helen and Alonzo each have five. Oh my what? gosh, how did that happen? Hmm. So Helen and Alonzo have five, and Mo only has three, which is a little embarrassing, but. I know it is. <laughs> Mo, that means that you are up first, so okay. here we go. The confirmation hearings for William Barr, Trump's nominee for blank, concluded on Wednesday. Attorney General. Right. Many men objected and threatened to ban Razor Company Gillette after the company released an ad encouraging men to blank. To, 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 uh, to not be toxically masculine. That's good enough. Not be jerks. During testimony in the trial of El Chapo, a witness claimed that the former president of blank took a $100 million bribe from the drug kingpin. Mexico. Yes, on Wednesday, ISIS took credit for a suicide bombing at a restaurant in blank. In Syria. Right. This week, an Australian politician running for parliament announced his plan to ban unsolicited political text messages using blank. Oh, a text message. Yes, unsolicited political text message. Following calls for federal investigation, AT&T announced it would no longer be selling users blank data. Oh, um, uh, it, um, user data. What specific kind of data? Uh, user data that was found on phones and in subscriptions <laughs> and as part of their um, familiarity with the people who oftentimes use a and t Can I concede to Mo maybe just one? Just AT&T. What kind of data? Uh, they are not going to sell <laughs> data that you would use on your phone. They would not sell the data, that, the, 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 the informational data. They will not sell your, your location. Location data where you are. <laughs> According to new research, increasing daily movement may help elderly people stave off blank. 
Oh, death. <laughs> uh, no. In this case, dementia. No. Uh, death of the mind. Yes. A, a man in Kentucky trying to knock over a family's 10-foot-tall snowman with his car failed because the snowman was blank. Uh, it was um, actually it was a real person. The no. snowman was the snowman was an ice house. No, it was a snowman built around the a giant, giant tree, tree trunk. trunk. Oh. The man, you have to say it before I do, Moa, technically. <laughs> the man saw the giant snowman in the front yard of the Lutz home and couldn't resist. He revved up his car and plowed right into a five-foot tree stump. It's unclear if the driver was injured, but the snowman survived, at least till he meets his new true nemesis, the sun. Bill, how did Mo do in our quiz? He got five right, ten more points. His 13 is now in the lead, proving there's no mobituary tonight. Nice. I love that. Thank you for the product placement. Mobituaries.com. We flipped a coin. Helen has decided to go right now. So here we go, Helen. Fill in the blank. On Thursday, former Trump lawyer Blank revealed that the president paid him to rig polling data. Michael Cohen. Yes, on Tuesday, a federal judge blocked President Trump's proposed citizenship questions on the 2020 Blank. Census. Right. This week, it was reported that the Pentagon would begin scrutinizing new recruits who have Blanks. Um, um, green cards? Right. On Monday, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau accused Blank of arbitrarily sentencing a Canadian citizen to death. Um, Syria? No, China. This week, mm. people warned that Silicon Valley's housing market was getting out of hand when a landlord revealed he had rented a $1,500 a month apartment to Blank. Two cats! Yes, according to a new study, Blank is melting six times faster than it was in 1970. Uh, 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 Antarctica. Yes. Oh. On Wednesday, video-sharing giant Blank announced a ban on dangerous or harmful pranks. Uh, YouTube. Right. A woman in Texas was banned for life from her local Walmart when employees caught her blanking. Um, drinking wine out of a Pringles can. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! And I will give it to you. Yes! Even though you missed the best details, she was doing that while riding around the store on one of those motorized carts. Oh, she is hashtag gold. She is, she is living her best life. She sure is. We love this woman. Employees said the woman came into the Wichita Falls Walmart in the morning, grabbed the motorized cart, and fulfilled a dream that none of us realized we had until now. <laughs> After a few hours, the police arrived, and even though they banned the woman from the store, Pringles Drunk Cart Walmart Racing is now being considered for the 2022 Olympics. Yes. Bill, how did Helen do in our quiz? I think she did pretty well. Very well. Seven right. 14 more points. Wow. Total of 19 and the lead. That is very good. That is excellent. Well done. And how many, then, does Alonzo need to win? Well, seven to tie, but eight to win. That is a tall order. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Here we go, Alonzo. This is for the game, fill in the blank. After a year of saying there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, Rudolf Giuliani this week said blank. There was collusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said Trump He said Trump didn't collude. He, he had said that he never said there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. We'll give it to you. Ring a bell. <laughs> Officials at the Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana has warned the public that its nuclear arsenal is under a constant attack by blank. Okay, let me try to mow this one out. <laughs> so it's an air base and they have nuclear weapons. The nuclear weapons are eaten by the nuclear weapon eating the... the Squirrels! Squirrels. The trick is Squirrel. never to stop for a breath. That's, That's it. Why. Yeah, I blew it. I blew Squirrel. it, but I tried. Following his comments about <laughs> victims of the Larry Nasser scandal, the interim president of blank resigned on Wednesday. 
Oh, uh, Michigan State. Right. According to a new study, Americans should limit their red meat consumption to one blank a week. One 27-pound tub of... <laughs> ah! <laughs> no. One hamburger. After repeated thefts, the Washington State Department of Transportation was forced to swap out a 69-mile marker sign with a blank. 70-mile marker. No, they're replacing the 69-mile marker sign with the 68.9-mile sign. For some reason, the sign for mile marker 69 on the 195 in Washington State has been stolen several times over the past few years, forcing transportation department officials to replace it with a sign reading 68.9 instead. When asked why they thought the 69-mile sign was getting stolen so often, a state official said, we're not entirely sure. I guess people think it's nice. <laughs> Bill, did Alonzo do well enough to win? With three points. <laughs> no, he didn't. And Helen's our winner Woo! this week. With Congratulations, Helen. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists, now that Marie Kondo has convinced us to throw out all our stuff, what will be the next big self-help trend? Thanks for Farmhouse Tavern for feeding us, even if you didn't bring carrots this week. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary Dolio. Our interns are Alex McOwen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Any other use of this broadcast or any pictures, descriptions, or accounts of the game are prohibited without the consent of Peter Gwynn. Technical directions from Lorna White, our master of operations is Colin Miller, our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse, our senior producer is Ian Chillog, and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next trend in self-improvement? Alonzo Bowden. People stop listening to Marie Kondo and keep their stuff. <laughs> Helen Hong. We'll break into other people's homes and throw out their stuff, because why stop at your own? And Mo Rocca. In her new series, Marie Kondo goes to Washington, D.C. By the end of the series, no one is left. <laughs> and if any of that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks to, also to Alonzo Bowden, Helen Hong, Mo Rocca. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal, and we'll see you next week. This is NPR.